0: If you're a Christian this morning, you are a gifted kid. Okay, you really are. I don't. I don't think we we think about that very often. But the Holy Spirit has given all of us gift a gift or gifts. Uh, most of the time, it's plural, and we're just we're going to look at that because I, I believe for our church to take the next step to where it needs to go, we need to understand spiritual gifts and we need to operate them in it, operate in them. One of the worst jobs I ever had was being on the nominating committee. Any of y'all ever served on the nominating committee? Nobody wants to raise their hand, but I can see. Any of you know people that were on the nominating committee, okay? It was the first job I ever got in my home church. And uh, basically the nominating committee uh, tried to fill all the positions in the church. Uh, Teaching positions, uh, serving positions, all the positions that that as a church we we uh, had, and basically it was an arm twisting job. Okay, and if you don't, if you're not good at, it, some people are. Okay, I know some people that they are they are tremendous at it. I wasn't because I'm not an arm twister. I'm gonna ask you if you tell me no. Okay, that's that's fine. But uh, when a church understands the gifts and operates in the gifts, you don't have to have a nominating committee. The Holy Spirit fills the positions. He, he puts people in places of service. Now having said that, when you understand something, you don't have to have the gift of teaching to teach kids. You don't have to have the gift of service to serve around this church. All you have to do is see a need and be willing to meet that need. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will empower you to do it. But there are some places, and there are some uh situations where when we operate in our gifts it's like it's like the sweet spot everything just kind of it just happens it just flows uh it's not a strain or a struggle when you operate out of your gifts it's a strain and sometimes a struggle and so we're going to look at the spiritual gifts and we're going to we're going to examine each one of them we're going to spend a few weeks uh building a foundation uh, as far as what they are and, and why the, the Lord gave them to us. But I want to encourage you to, to be a part of this because I, I think it's important for our church. Uh, we've spent five years getting to this place. This was not something I felt I needed to teach uh, to this point. And so God's led me to that point. Uh, having said all that, this morning we're going to look at our calling for a few minutes. Uh, last week we 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 talked about the fact that God gives us a second chance. And that the new year is a time when, you know, you think about those things. The things you didn't get right in 2016, you get another chance in 2017. This morning, I want us to just, I'm I'm calling this, reevaluating our calling. I, I want us to look at why God has called us. So I want to ask each of you, and I don't want you to answer it out loud. I just want you to answer it to yourself. But I want to ask three questions this morning. Number one, why are you here this morning? Why are you here this morning? Just think about that for a minute. The second question is what did you come here for today? Why are you here? Why did you come? What did you come for today? And the third one is, why are you a part of Eagle's Wing Church? Why are you a part of this specific church? Now I believe every one of these questions deserves an honest answer, and from time to time, all of us have to to evaluate or reevaluate or assess or reassess what why we do what we do uh how many of you have jobs where you get an evaluation every year and your evaluation is tied to uh, increases in salary. Any of y'all? I worked in a job where we didn't get a valuation every year. We got a re-evaluation every day. If you didn't fit, if you didn't do what they sent you out to do then they sent you back out to do it on your own time. That's how I started out. I, I started out, for, I'm not going to name, name his name. Uh, you, too many people would probably know him. But if you didn't get accomplished what he sent you to do when you rolled in there at quitting time, he'd ask you and He'd look at you with this blank look like, why are you back? We were expected to complete a certain amount every day. And, and I, I was on, uh, as, as I worked in the, that trade in plumbing, I, I became a, a superintendent on a job and foreman, whatever you want to call it. And you could tell if I had accomplished what I was supposed to do whenever we finished a job. If there was a, if there was a, a bonus... I accomplished it. And if if my bonus was not very big, I just barely accomplished it. Okay? Y'all understand what I'm saying? We need to reevaluate why we do what we do. And nowhere more than why why are we involved in a particular church? Why do we come on Sunday mornings? What do we come for? We need to ask those questions. We need to, to ask why. If you never ask why you never ask why, what happens is we fall into patterns of behavior. And those patterns of behavior manufacture of, of habits. And if I stay in a habit long enough, you know what it becomes? A rut. Now I don't know if you've been watching TV the last few days. Have you watched the people that just can't stay at home? They've got to get out on the road and drive. Did any of you? I know some people have to, but most people don't. But if y'all watch them, okay, slip sliding away—that's a good way to put it. They were driving in in ruts. If they weren't driving in ruts, you know what they were doing? They were slip sliding away. And uh, you know what a rut is? I, I learned this years ago. A rut is a grave with kicked out of it. Don't you think about that for a minute? Whenever we get into a rut, we fall into a grave. The difference between most graves, though, is graves have an end and a beginning. But a rut doesn't. It just continues. And, and, and so what happens is, is if we're not careful and we're not vigilant as believers, as Christians, we stop pursuing our calling and we settle. We just settle for what is, status quo. We settle for average things or good things. And listen, there's nothing wrong with good things, but it's, it's my opinion based on what I've read in Scripture, God always has better. Okay? When I think I've got the best He's got, I am just beginning to taste His goodness. But as, as Christians, what happens is, is we find it easy to become complacent, and we become static, and, and, and we stop. Now, a little over five years ago, uh, if you want to go by uh, official date, uh, well, basically five years and about four months ago, we planted this church. And I use the word we because it wasn't a me thing. I want you to understand that. This church didn't exist five years ago. But we planted this church, and, and we we planted this body. We began to build this body in response to a specific calling that God had given us. Okay? I believe that God was calling us to step out. Okay? To go beyond uh, where any of us had ever been, uh, beyond our comfort zone. Now, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I had a, a really good job when God began to kind of Massage my heart. It it was the best job I had ever had. The only problem, it was 230 miles away from where I'd grown up and where I was comfortable and where my family was. But as far as as the, the benefits and what I was expected to do, it was the best job I'd ever had. And it would have been easy to get comfortable and to do what was expected. But yet God began to work and He began to call me out of that, that comfort zone. And he, he began to call me out of, and, and I believe He's called us out of this. You, you can get complacent and comfortable in church and a lot of times go through the motions of religious things. And it, it's easy. I show up, I do this, I go home. I, I've punched my clock, I've you know, stamped my ticket, I've done whatever I need to do. But God didn't call us as a church to do that. He didn't call us uh, to, to, to stay in a, a religious zone. He called us out on the edge. Okay? Now, most people don't like the edge. All right? How many of you have ever been somewhere like the Grand Canyon? Or you've, you've been up in a very really turn, lean over and look. Okay? But that's where God has called us in a spiritual sense. Not to stand in the back, but to be on the front. He's called us to push the boundaries that we are confined in. He's caused us to do that so that we might see what He might do. Okay? It's not that we're testing Him or trying Him. We're just pushing out there past where we've been, past where the people we know have been, to see what God would do. He's calling us he's challenging us and I think he's calling us to be different and I, I've said this a lot of times and, and when I say different listen I don't mean crazy I don't mean wacky I don't mean weird all right I don't think God's crazy wacky or weird I don't think the Holy Spirit is but he is different okay and if if I could uh, if I could quote a line from the line the witch in the wardrobe uh, where, Mr. B, where the little girl asked Mr. Beaver, is God safe? She, he said, oh, he's good, but he's not safe. He's not always safe in what he asks us to do, okay? Because he always asks us go, to go beyond ourself, what we can do. Because he, God can't work until we step out into that place. If I don't step out of myself, all, I have to, uh, all I'm going to depend on is me. And listen, I've depended on me most of my life and it didn't get me much. Okay? Not anything that really satisfied. Not anything that, that really made a difference. And so God's calling us to be different. He, he's calling us to be different really in, in our relationship with Him and in our pursuit of Him. Now if, if I were to ask this in a form of a question, most of you would raise your hand. Most Christians believe the Bible is inspired. They believe that it's God breathed. Okay? I I mean most Christians believe that that the word of God is infallible. That is that, that there's no uh there's no mistakes in it that that we can trust it. But yet God has called us as a church to either with that belief, either put up or shut up. All right? Too many people say, oh yeah, I believe that. They wave their hands, they dance around and around. But they don't live in faith. They live in fear. And God has called us as a church to put up or shut up. And He's called us to step out and He's called us to walk in genuine faith. He's called us to believe what He says and to put those beliefs into actions regardless of what anybody else says. You know what? I really believe this. I believe God has called us to be explorers. There's another word for that is trailblazers, okay. You know what an explorer is? An explorer is is a person or a group of people who journey into an unfamiliar place to learn more about it. I don't know whether you you realize this or not, but the heart of God is an unfamiliar place for most people, Christians included, okay. Most Christians get saved. And I say this, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, it's just a good way to, to, I think, to say it, and to communicate what I'm trying to say. They get the fire insurance, okay? They're not going to hell. They've got the policy that nobody can break, that nobody can change, but they're satisfied with that policy. Listen, salvation, and y'all have heard me say this before, salvation is the front door to the presence of God. Okay that's all it is. it's not the end all be all. Jesus came to die for our sins so that we could have relationship. He didn't just come to die for our sins, okay He came so that we could have a relationship with God, and so God calls us uh to be explorers. He calls us to push boundaries to step out into to safe into out of the safe places into places that we've never been before to discover, to blaze trails. Uh, he, he calls people that are af- not afraid of the unknown because they know in their hearts that it's going to be okay and God's already there or He would not have called us to go there. I can remember in, when God called me into ministry, I wrote something down in the front of the Bible. I heard this, I didn't know that God talked to you at that time. But I knew it didn't come out of me okay I thought that's pretty good I'm going to write that down and I wrote it down in the front of my Bible and it basically what I wrote down is wherever God calls God has already prepared and he's already gone ahead of you I know now that God was telling me that listen I've already prepared where you're going and I've already set the provisions there all you have to do is step into it but it was unknown for me and he calls all of us to walk that way Uh, if he didn't, then then there wouldn't you wouldn't have stories over and over and over. I, I'm, I read try to read through the Bible every year, and I, I begin again this year in Genesis, and I'm I'm right there where God calls Abraham, and, and and Abraham leaves his 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 daddy and his 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 brothers and his family, and he goes to a land that he know he doesn't know where it's at. God shows him. Then he begins to live an existence of, I don't know where we're going to live next, but when God tells us to move, we're going to go there. Till ultimately, God calls him to a place he's never been before to take his son and sacrifice him. You see, he called Abraham to live on the edge. Okay? Not to get comfortable in the backside of nowhere and, and have kids and have flocks and grow rich and grow old and die. That's not why we're here okay? He called us to walk out His plan. There's nothing wrong with having kids. There's nothing wrong with being rich, okay? There's nothing wrong with having lots of flocks or lots of property or whatever. None of that stuff. There's nothing wrong with all of those are means in a sense to an end. It's the purpose of God. And so God has called us all to live Somewhat on the edge. I mentioned this a few minutes ago, but the heart of God is really an unfamiliar place for most believers. Most believers never experience God's heart, they never explore His heart because they been satisfied with that fire insurance. That's all I need. I walk the aisle, I pray the prayer, I go to church every Sunday, I listen to the sermons, I take notes, I get up every morning, I say a little prayer, I read a few verses in my Bible, What else is there? Gosh, there's tons more, okay? Tons more. I can just tell you from that life, that life is an empty life, okay? That's why people come to church and they disappear because they get into that life and they fall out of the life. They get bored with that life and they never meet Jesus. They never really experience His heart. They never know what the heart of God's like, so they don't explore it because it's easier just to settle. Let's just be real honest. Most of us don't like to strain and struggle. Amen? Let's that's just be. That's just okay? I don't like exercise. Ball and basketball. I hated running. I hated working out with weights. Okay? I did it because I had to. The fear of the coach was greater than anything else. But I don't like to strain. I don't like to struggle. But you know what? God, That's the kind of life God's called us into. You know what happens when you strain and you struggle physically? You build muscles. You build strength. You change. You're changed from here out. And so God calls us to that. But it's easier to settle for less. Man, if I can just get some good things, that'll be enough. But explorers are not that way. Explorers want more. Okay? They want more. Uh, what I had yesterday, I, I'm not into leftovers. I want something new today. The, the Bible says God's mercies are new every day. How long did the manna last? They gathered it every day. Okay, there, there's a picture. God was saying something bigger than, hey, I'm going to feed you and and, and and you need to eat. He was saying, you know what? I'm going to provide for you every day. I'm going to take care of you. But you're going to have to get up and you're going to have to strain. You're going to have to struggle. You're going to have to get after it. Listen, I don't think God called me to be a maintenance minister. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get personal here for a minute. All right, Because I want you to understand my heart. I don't mean that. That's not a bad thing, all right? But that's not my gift mix. That's not my personality. Uh, A maintenance minister is a a pastor that goes to a church, and he, he, he welcomes babies into the world. He waves goodbye as parishioners go out of the world. He ministers to their needs. He takes care of them, okay? There's nothing wrong with that if that's what God's called you to. But that's not what God called me to. There were opportunity after opportunity throughout my ministry to be in places like that. And I realized, after a few minutes of talking, that if I went there, I would die. And not only that, I would kill them. Okay? I'm just being honest. That's not who God's called me to be. He's not called me to be a maintenance manager. He's not called me to, to do those things. He's not called me, uh, you know, to, to, to do that with parishioners. And he's not called me to develop and implement and staff an endless array of church programs to attract and entertain people that are bored. Okay? I, that's just not my calling. All right? I, I, I don't even wish it were. But I tried to fit in that mold for a long time. But that's not who God called me to be. God called me to be an explorer, to be somebody who pushes the boundaries. that ask why. Why are we doing it like this? Why have we always done it this way? Why? You know what? People in positions of power don't like why. Does your boss like you to ask him why? My daddy hated why. Alright? My daddy told me one time, he said, son, here's the answer to your why questions. Because I said so. <laughs> Alright? That works okay as a parent. Okay? I understand that. I can remember uh, Amber and I, and I, I, I probably shouldn't tell this story, but Amber and I were coming back from school one day. We were in my plumbing truck. We had the windows roll down. And we went under the underpass over by Hughes's, if you know where that's at. It used to be the egg farm. And something came in the truck. She didn't see it. I did. It was a bat. Okay? I'm wigged out. <laughs> okay? I'm not afraid of bats, normal situation, but this one's flopping around behind her heads. And I pulled that truck out of that underpass and I said, Get out, get out. And she's going, Why? Why? I said, Because I said so. And I just shoved her out the window almost. We got back in the truck. She said, What is it? What is it? What'd you do there? You know, it's her lips. Curled under here. I said, There was a bat in the truck. She goes, I mean, she's terrified then. I said, There are going to be times when I tell you to do something, it's okay to ask why. I'll explain it. And there are going to be sometimes when I say, Do something, you just need to do it and trust me. You know what? We don't have to ask why. We just have to trust God. God will give us the answer sometimes. Sometimes though he won't. God has called me though to walk in some places where I, you know what I honestly don't know anybody else that walked, in. my 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 friendship circle of pastors is pretty small. Okay, I, I don't know all the religious people in the world that have done everything, and so you know he, he's called me to go places where. People that I, I don't know any. I didn't know any church planners except the little, uh, my little group of guys that I mentored and and loved on that were that were young pastors. They all became church planners. So I, that, that's the only ones I knew. I didn't know any experts at it. I remember uh, calling uh, BJ and and Troy, and if you know those names, you'll you'll know who they are. But uh, they planted a church in Tuscaloosa, and I said, "What what do I do?" They said, man, don't ask us what to do, but we can tell you everything not to do. And they were just being honest. But God has called me to, to, to lead others into those places where, you know what, I don't know what the next step necessarily means. I don't have a, a necessar- I have a plan. God's given me that plan, but I don't have fish on me the land yet. All right. And the reason he had not shown me the land, because if he shows me the land, I'll get fixated on the land. Like Abraham got fixated on the sun, and I'll forget about God. That's just my nature. So God gives me, I I work with God on as a need-to-know basis. Okay? that's kind of like being in the military. We'll tell you as you need to know. But God has called me to push into places that, that I've never been. To 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 chase him, to pursue him into places that that I don't know anybody that's ever been. I, I've read about some some guys in Scripture, but I may not know anybody personally that's done it. There's an unrest, and I, and I kind of call it a holy unrest in me that is never fully satisfied. Okay, it's hard to get satisfied. Everything I do falls short of that need in me. Part of that comes from my childhood, and part of it, I believe, comes from God. Because if I ever get satisfied, you know what? I'll settle down and build a city. That's, that's just reality. And so I, I'm I'm never satisfied. I, I don't ever know when good enough is good enough. Especially in my relationship with God, I always want more. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think if more Christians wanted more, we'd be more dynamic as a body of Christ. I kind of push the boundaries. I mentioned that. I don't do well going alone to get along. I can do it for a little while, but it hangs in my throat like a chicken bone, okay? I don't like to be in groups that are going mindlessly somewhere like hosting cattle, okay? I remember as a kid uh, working with cows, they didn't know where they were going. They thought they were going to eat. They weren't. They were going to be eaten. You know what I'm talking about? If you grew up on a farm, you know what I'm talking about. They'll follow you anywhere if they think you've got a bucket of food. The only problem is sometimes they follow you right up the chute and into the back of the truck and the next stop is not a good place. And so I have a I have a problem following without some answer. I gotta know why. I gotta know where we're going. I wanna know that 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 there's more when it comes to God. You listen, I I did my best to fit in a in a in a mold of what you're supposed to look like, what the church is thinks you're supposed to act like and all those kind of things and I just couldn't do it Okay, and then I realized that there is no mold that some pastor or some teacher or some church had decided that was the mold and this is what we're going to do that doesn't exist folks there's always more to God always more and if, it's been my experience that if 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 we will pursue his heart we will find more now, listen, I've tried throughout my life to deny that. I've tried to deny my calling. I've tried to fit in. I've tried to look and to sound like everybody else. But you know what? That's not my calling, and I don't believe it's the calling of this church. I believe that there are a lot of you that are explorers, that you're trailblazers, or you wouldn't be here. Listen, church planting and being a part of a church plant is not easy. All right? It's not easy. Now, you may be terrified of the unknown. Listen, I'm scared to death of it most of the time. But I'm not scared enough not to take a step. I'm more scared of having to go back to what I once knew. How many of you, I like leftovers. I'm talking about meals. I like to eat meals again and again and again. But there's a point When that meal has been in the refrigerator just a little too long. You know what? That's what the past, as far as my life in the church, has been like. It was in the refrigerator just a little too long. I'm terrified of having to go back to that and live off of it, okay? And so, you know what? Yes, I'm afraid sometimes of the unknown, but I believe some of you are, are, are explorers. I believe some of you are trailblazers. And, and you, you just can't hardly stomach average. I don't want to be average. And I don't believe this church is supposed to be average. Whenever that, you, you hear that term, whenever you see that, it's like something wells up in your throat and you choke on it. You hate business as usual. I hate the same old, same old. Okay, I just do. I don't. I don't like it. I, it doesn't do anything for me. But you're willing to ask why, and you're unwilling to accept the answers. Well, you know what? That's just the way it is, or that's the way it's always been. When somebody tells me that, my I just shiver inside. Or, or this one, and this is because, you know, because I said so. That's because you know, y'all know where that one came from. Or this one. This is a really easy one that preachers and teachers and people in the church who like to control things, this is the one they will give you because the Bible says that. Listen, I've been told a lot of things that the Bible says that it doesn't say. And when you're an explorer or a trailblazer, you will get your Bible out and you will check it. And when it doesn't say what you've been told, it says, we have a problem. Amen. It, it, we struggle with it. We, we, just, we just can't let go of it. And so, you know, I think as a body, we ought to be determined to find out what God says and what he means. And if that's you, then you're different than most people in the church. Okay. You're different. That's, but that's who you are. That's a part of your calling. And so from time to time, we have to reevaluate why we have become what we've become and, and where we're at, where we're going. I, I don't believe God changes our calling, okay? I don't believe that. You say,, Nelson, why don't you believe that? Because I, the scriptures in Romans 11:29 says, "For the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. The context of that verse is the nation of Israel. God called them." To be lights to the world. It hasn't changed. Okay? But He has also called us to be lights to the world. He's given us gifts, and He doesn't take them back. When it says irrevocable, it just means that, you know what? God doesn't go back on His promise. He he, he doesn't regret giving it, nor does He wish to take it back. When God gives us a calling, it is the calling, it doesn't change. You say, well, what if I do this and what if I do that? You know what? The gifts and the callings don't change. You may have to change. You may have to repent. You may have to walk through a time of of trial and a time of testing and a a time of restoration maybe, but the calling doesn't change. I can remember as, as, as though it were yesterday when God began to call me into what I thought was preaching But he was calling me into ministry. I can remember that. It never went away. It still drives me. Okay? I would like to say, I I would like to move to the lake, kick back in a chair, and fish every day. But right now, that's not my calling, okay? He's called me to something else. He's called me to be an explorer, to push the boundaries, to to minister to people. And you know what? if if you hate business as usual and you, you hate the same old same old then you know what you've got a calling a special calling calling is, is both personal and it's corporate and if you're, you have a personal calling and, and then a church has a corporate calling as a body those are gifts of grace those are not things we earn those are things God gives calling doesn't change because God doesn't change You know, God doesn't change, but sometimes as people we do, we fall into habits. We get comfortable. We become satisfied. We fall into a rut. We do the same thing over and over and over. Any of y'all ever find yourself a week, a month, six months, and all of a sudden you think, what in the world am I doing? I'm doing the same thing over and over and over and I'm getting nowhere. Nowhere. I watched those trucks on the interstate and those cars. They'd stop, and they'd try to start back up. And you know what would happen? And depending on which direction, and most of them were going uphill, they started to slide backwards. You know what? You don't stay static in life. You're either moving forward or you're going backwards. Okay? Even if you're spinning. And that's what happens when we get into ruts. Those patterns become habits, and those habits become ruts. Well, why does that happen to to people? Why does that happen to churches? Well, you know what? None of us like tough. We don't like struggle. We don't like strain. We don't like hard work. And, and I don't mean you don't work hard. I, I don't mean. But we don't like it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. We want it to ease off a little bit, smooth out. But you know what? Exploring and trailblazing is hard work. It takes a lot of effort. You know what? We don't usually give up our calling because we're persecuted for it. In the early church, after about 50, 60 years, they were really persecuted. On up to probably uh, the time of Constantine, they were There were periods of persecution, and, and, and those persecutions were, they weren't just, hey, we don't like you, we're not going to have anything to do with you. They were life and death. Thousands and thousands of Christians were killed in the Colosseums all across the Middle East and in Rome. Thousands of them were crucified. They lined the roads sometimes with Christians. They used them for torches in the Roman Colosseum. They died. But you know what Tertullian said? He was a a church father in the the second century. He said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. It's the seed of the church. Anywhere in the world where persecution has taken place, the church has exploded. You go to China today, they've been under persecution for almost 70 years. There's a gigantic church in China. You go to other places in the the Middle East, you don't hear about this on our news, okay? But there's a tremendous amount of Christians in Syria and in, in a lot of those Arab countries. They're not Muslims, they're Christians. Why? Because they've been persecuted. Because they've grown. That persecution hasn't stamped them out. Well, You know what God did? He told, he told His disciples, uh, or, or Jesus told His I want you to, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. You know what they did? They camped out in Jerusalem. <laughs> they huddled, and you know what God sent? Persecution. That persecution slung them out. But you know what? We rarely get complacent or comfortable and quit and give up our calling because of, of of persecution. We we stop following our our calling because we get comfortable. Things you know we, we've got everything we need. Life's easy. I don't know whether you realize this or not, but when it comes to being a Christian, comfort is like a wet pillow put over your face. It smothers the life out of you. It takes away every, everything that drives you to move on and to go forward. I don't know why you're here. But I know this, if I called on you this morning, and I'm not going to do this, so just relax. But if I pointed you out and I said, why are you here? Why, why do you come to Eagle's Wing Church? I get answers like this. Well, I come to glorify God. I come to obey God. I come to worship Jesus, to serve Jesus, to follow Jesus because God's Word is preached here. You know what? Those are answers that we were taught to say when we were little kids. Remember I, I told you a while ago about worship? It's more caught than taught. We heard that. And we caught that. And we give that. We don't think. We just, those are our answers. Now they're not bad answers, okay? But they're not really what we ought to think about. They're really easy answers. And if we examine them pretty close, they come of a, out of a religious spirit that all of us struggle with. If I pushed a little bit more and I, you know, I kind of pinned you a little bit to the wall, I would get this. Well, because I like the music. Why do you come to this church? Well, I like the music. I, 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 like, the, I like the fellowship. I like the friendliness. I like the, the family that we have in this church. I, I, you know, I, I, I like this. I like that. I like the preaching. I like the, the worship. You know what? All of those things are based on how I feel. You know what? That's how most churches are populated. How I feel. Church is not a cafeteria, Folks. Although in our culture, in the last 25 or 30 years, it's become a cafeteria. And if you don't know what I mean by that, will I go where I find what I like? Not where I'm called to. You see, when you follow calling, you don't always like what you encounter. But you know you're on the path that God's calling you. Calling's different. Calling is based on God's preference. It's based on His plans. It's not based on necessarily predicated on our preference or our plans. Calling is why we exist as individuals. It's why we exist corporately as a, as a church. And our calling, and this is what we don't understand, is our calling enables us to fulfill our purpose. And if we don't follow our calling, we don't fulfill our purpose. You know what? God didn't necessarily put you in the family that you're in or give you the job that you have, or allow you to live where you live to necessarily fulfill your purpose. He gave you a calling. And when I begin to walk that calling out, I begin to walk out my purpose. Now, you know what? I may live where I live, and I may remain. <laughs> I probably will remain in the family I'm in, and I'll probably be in the job I'm in. But those are tools. Those are things God uses to get us where He wants us, just as individuals. But our calling sometimes has missing pieces. And once we discover those missing pieces, or better yet, we start to live those missing pieces out, all of a sudden we begin to find fulfillment in here. We beca- begin to find satisfaction. And by satisfaction, in the sense that I'm talking about, I don't mean that it makes me complacent and I want to sit down. It makes me hungry. Listen, I can't just eat one bite of steak. Okay? If you give me shrimp, I just can't eat one. Okay? If you bake an oyster and you put Parmesan cheese on it and butter, listen, you give me one, I'm going to go nuts. Okay? I got to have more. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on. Y'all, you know, cheesecake, one bite don't do me potato chips. I got to have the bag. Okay? I'd, I don't know what no is and enough's enough. It's the same way in our relationship with God. When you really taste God, and you really start to pursue Him. A nibble here and a nibble there and six months later I want another nibble. That doesn't get it. You want more and more and more. And so our, our calling enables us to, to get more. And, 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 and it enables us to reach that place of satisfaction and our sense of purpose. And so when we begin to walk out our calling, we begin to live, I mentioned a little earlier, in our sweet spot. Now most Christians... And most churches live out of everything but what God has called them to be. I want you to think about this for a minute. You grow up in church, you have a mental image or, or a corporative image of what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to act, what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to do. I, I, I use this, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's just true. Whatever the talking head tells us, that's, you know, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You appear before the wizard, he, he's behind this, he's scary and whatever, and you hear it, and that's just what you do. The only problem is you go behind the curtain, the wizard is just like you, okay? He is you. And so what happens is we, whatever the crowds think or where the money uh, has to come from, all of that is what's necessary for success. And very often those things are secured at the cost of our calling, folks, they, they, we lose our calling. They, we go along to get along, and we take the comfortable route instead of following our calling. And I believe God has called us to be a different kind of church. We can't get comfortable, okay? In the in the book of Revelation, in in, in chapter two. There's a church. It's it's called the Church of Ephesus. Ephesus was a powerhouse church. Okay? It was a church that that was probably planted by the Apostle Paul. It was a tremendous church. But that church had forgot her calling. And in the book of Revelation, Jesus addresses that. They were a busy church. They were a work, okay? They were an orthodox church. Their beliefs were right. They were straight up the, 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 the road. I mean, they weren't too far over here, too far over there. They, they were orthodox. They were persistent in defending the faith. In their day, there were traveling preachers who came to preach who were just liars, okay? They, weren't, they were heretics, and so they, they were diligent about flushing those folks out and not allowing them and, and, and to, 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 to minister or to preach. They were, they were, they were uh, passionate about what they believed. But all of that came at the expense of their calling. All of those are things we're supposed to do. We're to be orthodox, we're to be passionate, we're to be busy in in ministering, but the most important thing always has to remain the most important thing, and Jesus addresses it. He says this in Revelation chapter two, verse four and five, he says, "But I have this against you: that you have left your first love but 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 but, but we're busy." We're we're doing all the stuff of God. We 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 don't allow false teachers to teach in our church. We're orthodox, God. We're we're standing on the Word of God. We're preaching the inspired, the infallible, the inerrant Word of God. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. But that's what Jesus said. I have this against you. You've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, and repent. And do the things, do the deeds you did at first, or else I'm coming to you and I will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. You know what their calling was? It was to pursue the heart of God. It was to be in a love relationship with Jesus. Everything else was an outgrowth of that love relationship. But you know what had happened? They'd set the relationship over here and they had fallen into the religious practices that are so easy to do. They began to be enamored by the things of God, the things of church, instead of God himself. Some of you remember when, as a church, we had no place to call home. We had Sunday school in a hallway at the school we had worship in the cafeteria i had to change clothes every morning in the kids bathroom that got clean sometimes and didn't get clean sometimes we, we it was a, it was we didn't have a home we had a place that we could call ours in a in a real loose sense of the word for about 4 hours and then after 12 o'clock we no longer had anything except the stuff we had on our truck that we loaded up every sunday Moved in and moved out, but you know what? God blessed us. God blessed us because we pursued our calling to be different. He He, he blessed us because we we pursued our calling to pursue His heart. There, Philstown the Road, down the hill. Every time I go by there now, I think like, where we met is now a dog store. <laughs> it's a pet store. <laughs> There's a sermon in that, I just, I'm not going after it today. I don't know whether you know this or not, but after the first year, we were on a month-to-month lease, which meant at any time, we wouldn't have a place to meet. I know you don't know this, but rent went just like that. And so, you know, we didn't know where we were going to be the next Sunday, Sometimes. Whether or not we'd have a place to worship. But you know what? God blessed us because we pursued our calling to be a different kind of church. Uh, uh, to pursue his heart regardless of the cost. And you know what? God blessed us last summer with a place. We wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. All right? He, he did. And God's been so good to us in this place. He really has. But you know what? We better facilities and we have better facilities we have We have a place where our kids can can meet and they're not in a hallway or behind curtains okay we have we have a place that if, if we need to spread out and eat we can we we have places where we don't have to worry so much about parking although we you know it is a if, if it fills up it's a it's a challenge but we've got better we've got better facilities God's blessed us, but if we're not careful with those better facilities there comes greater liability and greater responsibility. It gets easier to be satisfied. It gets easy to be comfortable. It gets easy to go through the motions. Okay? If we're not careful, we'll become settlers and city builders. And that's not what God called us to. Because whenever we settle... We settle for less than God's best, and whenever we we build cities, we build cities that build our kingdom instead of God's kingdom. If we're not careful, we can become average, and we can become a a little country church, all right? And, And there's nothing wrong with a little country church. I grew up in a little country church, okay? But that's not what God's called us to be, all right? He's called us to be explorers. He's called us to be trailblazers we're boundary pushers passionate I, I say this and you may differ with me but i think we're passionate revolutionaries of jesus christ i believe jesus christ was a revolutionary all right he wasn't a rebel he wasn't rebelling against god he was revolting against the religious system that that had come out of what god had instituted what had morphed out of it had transformed itself mutated that's a good word out of it i'm struggling for some words Listen, God hasn't called us to that. He's called us to be revolutionaries who refuse to accept average knowing that there's got to be more. I love this verse in Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, the latter part of it. It says, God says this, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. I will dwell in them and walk among them among them I will be their God and they will be my people. Listen we're the temple of the living God both individually and corporately. The place where he dwells. Why in the world would we ever settle for less? Man if, if I can have cornbread I don't want toast. If I can have steak I don't want hamburger. If I can have gold why would I want tin? Okay? God says, I want you to have me. And we have to pursue that. We have to push that. If we get comfortable, listen to me, if we get comfortable, if we pull back from our calling, we will disappear slowly. We will die one by one. Listen, the world doesn't need another average church. Okay? They just don't. There's plenty of them. The world needs a different kind of church, one that will truly reveal God's heart. And when they reveal God's heart, they will revel in God's heart. By that, I mean, you know, when when you get in God's heart, you'll have a party there, okay? And you know what? People will see it, and they're attracted to that. They're not attracted to religion. Okay, I, I don't care how good and how smooth and how seamless that religion is. People are not truly attracted to religion. They're attracted. It makes them hungry. And so if we pursue our calling, if we pursue and, and, pers- and, and persist and push into those places most people are unwilling to go, you know what? We'll find true satisfaction Which can only take place if our calling drives us to the final destination and our desire is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. You know what? I refuse to be average. Okay? I just can't do it. All right? If that's the kind of pastor you want, I'm not him. I'm not going to forsake my calling for comfort. Since I've started to pursue my true calling, it has not. being comfortable, okay, at any place in the road. I had to leave what I had. I had to to strain and to struggle. I had to to make that second to what God was calling me to do. You know what? I don't care how much it costs or how tough the pathway gets. I'm not going to quit. Especially when I, I feel like we're this close, okay? I feel like we're just right there. Right there. I'm not going to trade what seems to everybody else as impossible for what the world expects. I'm not going to give in to weariness. I'm not going to give in to fear. I'm not going to give in to threats. I'm going to walk out my collar. Okay. And I know this, if I walk there I will receive what He has promised and what He has prepared. There's a, a passage in Scripture that I think too often uh, when we read the book of First Corinthians we, we read over far too fast. It's in First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which is not entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love Him. I want you to read that again with me. Things which I have not seen. In other words, there are things God has for us that nobody has seen yet. Now there's some pretty neat stuff in this book. Okay, I just got to tell you. When you start talking about walking on water, <laughs> that's pretty cool. When you start talking about being translated from this place to that place... That's pretty cool. God says, you know what? I got stuff that nobody has seen yet. Not only that, I've got stuff that nobody has even heard of yet. I can't tell you that right there. excites me. Which, and this is the best which has not enter, even entered into the heart of man. In other words, we hadn't even in our wildest dreams dreamed the things that he already has in store for us. Why would we accept leftovers? Why would we eat garbage from the garbage dump? okay? Why would we want to go back to the past? To the good old days, okay? Most of the good old days, not nearly as good. I remember hearing those stories where you you carried your lunch in a bucket and you walked uphill everywhere you went and all that kind of stuff, okay? But they didn't have air conditioning and they didn't have central heat, okay? Why would we want to go back? Why would we want to go back when God says, Hey, you know what? I still got some things you hadn't seen or heard or even thought about. And he says, All of that God has prepared for those who love him. Listen, I I use this verse over and over and over because when I stumble on this verse in my Bible, it, it grabbed hold of my heart. Okay? But if we continue our calling as a church, we will embrace the promise that he's given in John chapter 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, so shall he do also. This is Jesus. You will do what I have done. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and there's more greater works than these shall he do also because I go to the Father. Listen to me, that's some of the stuff that that God's talking about in in 1 Corinthians 2 when he said, there are things which your eye has not seen or ears not heard, which your mind and your heart hadn't even thought about that I've got for you. I'm going to confess something to you. Last year God gave me a a prayer to pray. And I prayed it hit or miss. I'm just going to confess that. There there were times when I prayed it for a day or two and there were weeks and months when I didn't pray at all. I now realize that that prayer is not just for me but it's for us as a church. It's it's our our calling I think. It's a prayer uh, of our calling, uh, my calling and your calling our calling as a, as explorers and and pathfinders, and I'm committed this year to praying this prayer, and I, and I don't really believe it's just for the year. I believe it's uh it's for the rest of my life, okay. And I've decided, you know what? I'm not going to allow comfort or discouragement or anything else to keep me from walking out my calling. So I want to challenge you in a few minutes. We're gonna. Tom's going to put this prayer up on the, on the screen. But I'm going, to, I'm going to challenge you to pray it for the church. Now, you can write it down as best you can. It'll be up on the church Facebook page. He's going to put it up there so you can get it. It's, it's part of a song, and we're going to sing this song in a few minutes. We're going to pray this prayer first. But I'll tell you something. If we pray this prayer, God will honor it. And you know what the journey will be spectacular and the destination the final destination will be unimaginable. I w- I want to read this is this is the prayer that I'm going to pr- I've committed to pray for us as a church and, and I'm praying already as, for myself as an individual. Spirit and then talking about the Holy Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. I want to challenge you to pray that with me, okay? For our church. If we pray that for our church, you know what? God will move. God will do things in each of us, and He will do things through us as a corporate body. Okay, I, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pray this. And we're going to sing it, okay? Because this is part of a song I heard a couple of years ago. And and those, those two, that part of the chorus there, those two paragraphs, those, those couple of sentences or so just grabbed hold of me. So I'm going to ask you to pray this with me, okay? I'll lead us. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Now we've all made it through. We've, we've made it through it. Let, let's pray it like we mean it, okay? Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to challenge you today, okay? I want to challenge you to to Evaluate. Maybe you need to reevaluate. Okay? Maybe you just need to have a, a moment with God. And say, God, why am I here today? Did I come to get something or to give something? Okay? And let's just be honest there are some times when we just come to get. Okay? It's just reality. We need. We're needy people. But there there are other times when we come to give. And when we we come more to give than to get, God always fills us up and gives us what we need. Okay? Why am I here? What, what, What did I come to get this morning? Why am I a part of this church? Okay? Listen, I am not a program a minute pastor. I'm not going to come up with 10,000 ideas how to stimulate and stir up people. It's just not going to happen. That's not who I am. Okay? But you know what? I will push into places and I will go after what the Word of God says because I want to know. And I'm not going to accept, well, that's just the way it is. all right. And I'm not going to accept, well, that's what the Bible says until I make sure that's what the Bible says and once I find out that's what the Bible says that's what I'm going to do that's where I'm going to go and God is always calling people further than they are he's always asking them to take one more step and see how good I really am There's there's a person in the scriptures that has always fascinated me there's not a lot about this man his name is Enoch you find him in Genesis a verse or so and Enoch was the son of so and so and Enoch walked with God and Enoch was not okay it's kind of what happened to Enoch Enoch kept taking steps with God I heard a pastor say this one time. I thought it was pretty good. He said, Enoch kept walking with God until God said, Enoch, you're closer to my house than yours. Why don't you come home with me? Okay. That's how I want to walk with God. That's the kind of people I want to walk with. That's the kind of people that those people out there are dying to see. Revelation says that creation is longing to see the revelation of the sons and the daughters of God. Folks, when we begin to walk at that level, the revelation of the sons and the daughters become clear to the sons and the daughters of men and they're changed. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.